What's up, everyone? Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Copan. It's August 15, 2023, and this is Lift and Learn episode 123. In this episode, I'll talk about the best resistance band exercises. This was super helpful for me and my clients during the pandemic, and I've gotten back to using them again on a pretty regular basis because of my clientele. And then I'll talk about if you should stretch after you're done working out because this often gets overlooked in the space. Before that though, I'll talk a bit about what I've been up to lately, and that might include fitness-related topics, and it might not. If you want to follow me, your host, on Instagram, it's isaiah.copon, and you can also check out my website, isaiahcopon.com. The podcast is on Instagram, at liftandlearnpodcast, on Twitter, at liftandlearnpod, and also on Facebook. You can just search Lift and Learn Podcast. With that being said, let's get into it. Creatine monohydrate is one of the best supplements for you to take on a regular basis, especially if you don't have kidney problems and if you work out regularly. The bottom line is, it's been around for almost 200 years now, it's the most researched supplement out there, it has the most studies supporting its positive uses. It's also a good idea to just stick with creatine monohydrate. All the other forms are inferior, meaning they're worse. Don't believe the hype with the creatine hydrochloride or the creatine ethyl ester. Just go with the monohydrate. It's the tried and true method. Why? Well, creatine has been shown to improve strength and performance. That's its main advantage. It could even help with recovery. So that means increasing muscle mass during the important times, aka when you're recovering from a hard workout. Creatine can even reduce things like dehydration and cramping during exercise, so that's another reason why it can be such a good supplement on top of a good diet. It's also been shown to have brain benefits also. For vegetarians especially, it can actually raise IQ to a certain extent because of the lack of creatine that vegetarians and vegans get in their diet. You can get creatine naturally. The main source would be from red meat, steak, uh, ground beef, chicken, sometimes of fish as well. Now, it's there in the raw form, but there's a decent amount, but the cooking process reduces that quite a bit, and that's why you need to take it as a supplement. Three to five grams of creatine mono is the recommended dose for people right now, so grab a tub of that online to reap those benefits. And I don't have a discount code or anything to sell you. That's how you know what I'm saying is actually legit and not some ad copy that I'm reading off of. The summer is really flying by especially since I haven't been doing the podcast on a weekly basis like I want to, and I've been doing that in the past. It's just been a crazy summer, even though it hasn't been the nicest uh, when it comes to the weather, but with the way things are at work, I've just been so focused on that during my days. I work basically starting at 5 a.m. and getting home around 8.30, so I'm usually just exhausted, even though I do have breaks in the middle of my day, but those are times that I've spent I don't know, golfing, working out myself. So it's been hard to juggle the podcast in there as well. But I realize that it is something that I love to do when I can because I'm able to recap what I've been doing and it helps me gather my thoughts for clients. So it's really something that helps me just be a better trainer overall and just appreciate life in general. It's like my little diary in a way and it helps all of you listening to a certain degree. At least that was my hope when I first started this. 
So as far as some of the highlights I got for this summer, this year so far, way back on Father's Day weekend, that was great. Yeah, we're going all the way back. I mean, I'm not a dad yet, but maybe one day. For that Saturday, we just had a little baby in the family. He turned one year old, and that was like my favorite uncle growing up. So he has two kids now. The little one just turned, yeah, one year old, and it was a nice little outdoor picnic party kind of thing. Two Filipino families coming together. That party was awesome. We got to be pretty active as a family, actually, which is, I don't know, a little bit unusual, but it worked out. These uh, volleyball nets were set up, and at first, it was just a few of us playing. I'm pretty sure it was just me and my cousin, the broski, playing at first. Uh, There were four or five of us, I think, to start. Next thing you know, people started joining in. It was like a 3v3. Then we got some fours going, and then all of a sudden, there's like six people on one side, and we're playing like three sets up to like 25 or 21 or something. That was super fun. Even better because my other cousin from California got to be there too. And that's always super special because she's like a sister to me, you know. I even got to play basketball a few times this year so far. So I got to test out the ankle in all different kinds of sports. Golf's been going well. I've been filling in for softball occasionally. Hit a few homers. Been consistently going, yeah, golfing like once a week. Uh, I don't think I'll break 90 since... Like, I'm not that great, unless I got super lucky or just dialed in. But I'm still having fun, and that's the most important part. Honestly, this has been one of the worst weathers for summer in as long as I can remember. There's just so much rain this year. Courses aren't in great shape unless, I mean, yeah, unless you're paying the money for it, really. I'm working on doing a muscle-up. That's what I'm doing in the gym. I've been practicing that for a while. I almost have the form down pat, but as far as my workouts are concerned... Nothing really to write home about. I've been hitting legs a little bit more, left ankle, still recovering, but we're pushing through, starting to squat again, over 200 pounds, so we're getting there, you know. And then we got the Arnold documentary on Netflix. I listened to that episode while I was going to the Blue Jays game one night. They won that night, which was good. That was awesome. I've been at the game for two wins now. I also finished another show called Imposters, only two seasons, 10 episodes each, First season definitely, like, captured me, though. Like, I finished the first season in, like, just a weekend. Second season took me about a month, though, because, like I said, I've, I've been super busy. But that was pretty interesting. Some con man stuff going on there. Good share of twists and comedic bits. So that was that was a pretty good show. I know I mentioned it last week already, but the biggest news of the past, I don't know, a few weeks for me, a few months now, maybe, for me is Connor Bedard going to the Blackhawks. That's my team, man. I'm definitely going to be watching him play this year. I've already decided to watch the season opener this year with my best friend. Got us some tickets since he's a diehard Penguins fan. So the stars all aligned. October 10, NHL season opener, Chicago Blackhawks at Pittsburgh. Can't wait for that. Uh, They also play in Buffalo in early 2024. So I'll try to grab tickets for that one as well. Definitely going to be watching Chicago Blackhawks games online, though. It's been a few years. Uh, But, yeah, I'm going to watch that guy grow up. Hopefully he'll be a star. I just can't believe these guys are now born in 2005, which is just crazy to me. I've been watching his highlights pretty much every day. It's the first thing I see on YouTube now. His highlights, his practice, now with some of the pros in the league training in that Chicago gear. Oh, it looks so sick. And I've been on Facebook Marketplace too much the past few weeks now. I was looking for an iPad Pro initially. 
that turned into looking for a new iPad for work. And then that turned into looking for new golf-related items. But ultimately, all I got were these Chicago Blackhawks club covers for the drivers or some of my hybrids, nothing crazy. I had to drive like 45 minutes to get these things for like $5, but it's so worth it. Other than that, I now deleted the app. And like I said, work has been going well, just busy. I know I haven't talked about it much on here, but I've been at a job working at Movadi Athletic, which is a gym up here in Canada. Not as big and well-known as LA Fitness or Good Life or Crunch or Planet Fitness, whatever. I've been a personal trainer for like nine months now there, which is crazy to think. Time has just gone by so quick this year. And man, I love it there. It's such a good environment over there. The other trainers that work with me are super knowledgeable. Like I feel like... I'm even lacking. (laughs) So that's cool to see. I've learned so much from all of them there already, and it hasn't even been a year there. So interacting with the people there, really working with clients full time, like literally having to see 10 people in one day is kind of nuts, but there's just so much that you can learn from other people's experiences. And I'm actually being social with people, which is definitely not something that I go out of my way to do. But at work, I always feel like just being like the best self I could be, you know? Even when there's days that I don't eat or drink or anything for like five hours, just literally on your feet walking around. But trust me, man, that's hard work. You have to be on. You have to be on like the whole time. I had my first. Oh, oh my God. I don't even know why I'm mentioning this. Had my first modeling debut last. I don't know what it was. Two weeks ago. And that's the real reason why I had to bring up work. Coincidentally, my break time was perfect for these photographers who were taking shots at our facility. So I got roped into being one of the models for these photos, which I really hope are just internal stuff and not plastered all over the walls or on their website. Please, God, I hope not. So now I got to put that on my resume and my LinkedIn and maybe in my IG bio. Model slash personal trainer at this point. So DM for inquiries. Anyways, let's get on to the uh, fitness topics for this week's episode. Question one, best resistance band exercises. These have been my best friend lately, and they were before too, during the pandemic when I was training my clients in home. Resistance bands are super versatile. They're portable tools you can use to exercise. They can provide a full body workout without the need for heavy weights or gym equipment. They're especially useful for people who prefer to exercise at home and they're perfect while traveling. That's what I've noticed over the years. I used to think they were dumb, not enough resistance, I'm big and strong, I can bench three plates, bands are useless. I was so wrong. Let me just break down why resistance bands can be so useful. First off, they're easy to adjust the weight or resistance you get from them. This could mean using a stronger band. This could mean just extending how far you are away from the fixed point. So if you're doing a row indoor, for the uh, for example, you can simply just back away from the door a little bit so that the band is more stretched. That makes it harder to pull. You can also get resistance bands now with multiple bands inside, varying from 10 to 50 pounds usually. Those are the majority of the ones you'll find on Amazon. And they're so much better nowadays compared to when I first bought my resistance bands like 10 years ago. They're so easily adjustable, customizable. Everyone can use them because they're lightweight and can still provide enough resistance for you to build and sculpt your body. They're also very portable and convenient. They go hand in hand, really. You can use them in the house. You can travel with them. They're lightweight. They take up minimal space. I bring them every time I go away for a vacation or something. And you can use them everywhere and anywhere. 
Another underrated thing I've noticed about resistance bands is that they're user-friendly because anyone can use them no matter what. Ease of use is definitely a plus. It's gentle on the joints. So even people I've trained with limited mobility or severe dysfunction on one side of the body, this is still a safe way to train without the fear of dropping dumbbells on your head or something like that if you're doing a shoulder press, for example. And getting into the topic now, what are the best exercises you can do with resistance bands? You can do everything with them. Anything you do in the gym, you can substitute with bands. So full body workouts with uh, resistance bands are still possible. You can really hit any any body part you want by just adjusting how you're using them. Let's start with upper body movements though. Uh, My favorite exercises are pretty simple ones. None of these are going to blow your mind, I'll be honest. But yeah, upper body, we got our back movements. I love rows or pull downs. These are all movements that will be pretty easy to do, especially if you get a door stopper with your resistance bands. You can put the door stopper or anchor around the bands and place it in the door hinge area and you close the door. You can change what type of exercise you do depending on where you put the fixed point in the door. If you put it near the top of the door, that's more of a lat pull down effect. Place it about shoulder or ab height and then you can easily do rows. Another added challenge here, you can sit on a stability ball and that'll challenge your balance and core at the same time. That one's been super useful for me uh, training these days in a big box or like a corporate gym. For the chest, you can literally set it up the same way as a row. You just simply face the other way. You can do presses, chest flies. Those are both great exercises. Plus, you can even do push-ups. You have the band around your back to add some resistance. Those can be great chest builders, especially if you could do them back to back, which is super easy to set up. Rounding out the upper body for arms is pretty simple. You just have the handles in your hand and you step on the bands and do bicep curls. You can have your feet wider on the band for more resistance or add more bands to what you're curling. For triceps, you can just do single arm overhead extensions. I prefer these over tricep kickbacks with the bands. There might not be enough resistance to challenge you with that. Again, these ones are super easy to do back-to-back with little effort. Even shoulder presses are simple. You stand on the band and you press overhead. Lateral raises, same thing. It's not rocket science, really. That pretty much covers the majority of the muscles of the upper body, so the exercises are really simple, not really much of a learning curve for any of those movements. On to lower body, you can do, I mean, easily just do some squats. They're the most functional movement. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Don't try to reinvent the wheel. Place the band under your feet and hold the handles at shoulder height. Perform the squats, keeping uh, your feet like hip width apart and then your knees in line with your toes. The band adds resistance so that you can strengthen your quads, glutes, hamstrings, especially if body weight squats just become too easy. This is an easy way to add more load or resistance. You can also do lunges too, in a way, having the band under that front foot if you're doing back step lunges. I think another movement that could be useful because of the way we do everything in one plane of motion, really, I think a good one to toss toss in there, or at least get an honorary mention, would be some kind of lateral band walks. So for this one, you place the band around your lower thighs and get into like a quarter squat position. Take small steps side to side while maintaining tension on the band. This exercise targets your hip abductors and helps strengthen your outer thighs. And now you're moving in a direction that could be a bit foreign to you because we're 
really only used to traveling straight ahead, or maybe you walk backwards at times, but side to side in our everyday day-to-day life, that's pretty rare. So doing movements where you're doing that just helps you stay more mobile over time. When it comes to core, there's a few that I like. I personally enjoy any variation of the pal-off press, especially with the resistance bands. Again, you hook up the bands with the door stopper, stand sideways, have a strong base, and you rotate from there. You can easily look that up on YouTube if I'm confusing you with how that's set up. You can also do some oblique twists if you have the anchor into the door pretty high up and do like a wood chopper kind of motion. That one can be great, especially if you have some free time. Just getting a few sets of that every other day would go a long way. Those are pretty much my go-to exercises, especially if you want to break down the top tier exercises that you can do with bands. The main thing to remember is to choose the appropriate resistance level for your fitness, uh, your current fitness, and gradually increase it as you get stronger. You always have to maintain proper form and technique during resistance band exercises. That's how you maximize effectiveness and minimize the risk of injury. And that's for any kind of tool you're using. But resistance bands, super great to use. I use them every day with clients in one way or another. And I see some of my pairs do the same, so that's a good sign. Question two, should you stretch after a workout? On the last episode, I talked about why the warm-up is so important, and now we have to talk about what you do after a workout. I don't think it's the most important thing ever, but I still do suggest stretching after a workout. This was recently an eye-opener for me. I have this client who went through a few workouts with me. Everything seemed fine until he called me out of the bu- uh, out of the bu- out of the blue. He was getting spasms in his back cramps that wouldn't go away and that could have been because we weren't stretching after the workout according to his physiotherapist who worked on him afterwards so now i almost always take the time to stretch after a workout that means after my own workouts or even after workouts i give to my clients especially if they're more high intensity ones it just becomes more and more important Stretching after a workout is a widely debated topic, I think, in the fitness community, but again, I'm pro-stretching like I am pro-warming up. They're arguably the most important parts of a workout. Some quote-unquote experts recommend post-workout stretching, while others argue that it might not be necessary. Post-workout stretching suggests that it can help like improve mobility or flexibility, can reduce muscle tightness. Stretching after exercise may also enhance circulation, which aids in the removal of uh, like waste products and reducing muscle soreness. Gentle stretching can promote relaxation that helps calm the ner- nervous system, which is that's important after an intense workout, which I think is the main part to take away from the point of stretching after a workout. It's a time where you give the body the time to cool down and get back to normal as opposed to just going about your day, especially after an intense workout. However, the people against post-workout stretching argue that static stretching, so holding stretches for an extended period, doing that immediately after exercise may not be beneficial at all. So I don't really know what to believe. You might already know that there are studies suggesting that static stretching before a workout can reduce muscle strength and power temporarily. Some experts believe that this effect could extend to post-workout stretching, potentially impacting recovery. So that's something to maybe be aware of at least, but I don't think that's the case personally. I don't think I don't stretch uh, every time post-workout, but I do most of the time, especially when I know that I've gone more intense than usual. The approach I like to take is to focus on dynamic stretching before a workout. That'll prepare your body for movement. 
and then static stretching during the cool down phase. So dynamic stretching involves moving muscles and joints through the full range of motion. That helps like improve blood flow and prepare the body for exercise. That's good beforehand. Static stretching afterwards could reduce inflammation from the exercise and hard work you put in, according to research that I've read. But like I said, some people are on the fence about this one. Ultimately, the decision to stretch after a workout depends on the individual and maybe specific fitness goals also. If you enjoy post-workout stretching, if you find it beneficial for your recovery and flexibility like I do, then make time for it because it can be a valuable addition to your routine. If you prefer other forms of cool-down exercises or feel that stretching doesn't align with your fitness goals, just skip it. It's not a big deal. Like... The most crucial aspect is to listen to your body and find a post-workout routine that works best for you. That might just mean a five-minute cool-down on the treadmill or something. That's fine, okay? And that concludes episode 123 of the podcast. Thank you for listening. If you really enjoyed the episode or my podcast as a whole, then please leave a review and comment on iTunes or whatever your choice of podcast platform is. Also, if you haven't already, you should hit that subscribe button because I'll be releasing episodes every Friday. If you want to follow me, your host, I'm Isaiah.Copon on Instagram. And you can also check out my website, IsaiahCopon.com. If you want to follow the podcast, you can check out at Lift and Learn Podcast on Instagram. And there's also a Facebook page if you just search Lift and Learn Podcast.